Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Q, it's 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new inventory. Fabulous lineup of pre-owned inventory. Backed by the Sunbury Motors Guarantee, a sales staff that works with you. That's why they have so many. I mean, that's why they have so many repeat customers. They do a great job of taking care of them. Once you go there, you're you're locked in. The reason you're locked in is, like you said, I made a great choice. And a service department that backs it all up. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Online at Sunbury Motors. Dot com. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. The Pirates get out of the gate with a bang at Wrigley. Field, the Pirates have a man on, and Key Brian Hayes drives one to deep left field, and Key Brian Hayes on opening day hits a two-run homer. How do you like this kid? He did that into that wind that's blowing from left to right. Oh, baby, Key Brian Hayes, what a start. Indeed, that went 410 feet. Exit velocity of 105 into the wind. Now, the wind's a little different now at Wrigley than it used to be. Ever since they put up that gigantic scoreboard in left, which kind of knocks it down a little bit, doesn't hurt. Pirates right now, bottom of the fourth, lead it over the Cubs 3-2. to two. And the Phillies in the bottom of the third lead the Braves one nothing. Cincinnati and... St. Louis at Great America Ballpark in Cincinnati getting underway in about two minutes. Other games, the Twins lead Milwaukee 3-1, bottom of the fourth. Tigers right now in the top of the ninth inning looking to close it out. They lead the Indians 3-2. Excuse me, lead the Indians 3-0. And, boy, thank goodness Gary Sanchez showed up today. (laughs) 2-2 Yankees in Toronto in the top of the ninth inning. Because of Sanchez, the Yankees have runs. The, the constantly, constantly berated on this show by one individual. I mean, berated, <laughs> berated. I, I am right? giving credit it's, where credit is due. No, 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 Gary Sanchez, no joy. <laughs> All right. So there you go. Um. Roy Williams is announcing his retirement today. I believe the press conference is going on right now. Correct. 33 years, 903 wins, three national titles. He's 70 years old. Did I tell the story about the plane the plane trip with... with uh, I don't think I told the plane, plane trip story. We are on a charter. And... The flight attendant comes back and says, you know, he says, we flew the Kansas basketball team yesterday. Oh, okay, great. All right. They said, you wouldn't believe. He says, I don't really know all the people there. 
But this elderly woman gets on the plane, and the guy sitting in the front seat was so incredibly attentive to every single need. And it was Roy Williams, and it was his mom. Uh, now, obviously, you know we know about the academic scandal in North Carolina. That is there. But, I mean, we've just gone through an NCAA tournament that also made no sense when it came to why was LSU in the tournament? Will Wade is still on the sideline. Why was he in the tournament? Why were they in the tournament? Really? Didn't the FBI tell you something? Auburn. No change in coaching there. Arizona. No change in coaching there. And you can go through the long list. I mean, you know, Kansas has got allegations all over the place. Yep, still playing. It is an organization that repeatedly makes you wonder. This tournament, though, has been a gold mine for them over the years. No getting around it. And it's done a great job of, I mean, last year just by handing out insurance policy money, athletic departments were hurting across the board. Hurting. And I mean, that's how important the tournament is. That tournament does a lot financially for a lot of people across the board. There are a lot of people. I mean, everybody ran deficits in there this year, in part because they didn't they didn't get the full share of money last year. Which now brings up this story. This, this is a good piece of journalism right here. Good piece of journalism. Um, Susquehanna, uh, Susquehanna Life Magazine did a feature on the suit. No, um, no, that wasn't it. <laughs> Takes you back to the mean streets of Benton. <laughs> um, there was a survey done by the Associated Press. Um, and in a survey that the AP sent to 357 Division One athletic directors, you know, I always mention 353 teams, there's 357. There are four of that when you're transitioning to Division One. Uh, like North Alabama's one, for example. Remember, it was at Liberty. Liberty, they got to the championship game. They're going to face North Alabama in the title game, and they automatically win because North Alabama wasn't eligible yet. So there's 357 Division One teams. They all have basketball. 69 percent of the respondents among athletic directors strongly oppose being required to give college athletes a share of university revenue derived from sports. Another 19.6% said they somewhat oppose sharing athletic department revenue with athletes. Almost 77% of athletic directors said many fewer schools would be competitive in sports if schools had to share revenue with athletes. Another 13% said somewhat. So take strongly opposed 
and somewhat, and you get 88.6%. In this, you take strongly opposed and somewhat opposed, you get 90%. An overwhelming majority of respondents in the survey of athletic directors that granted, by the way, this survey granted AD anonymity in exchange for candor, said sharing revenue with athletes would make it more difficult for their departments to comply with Title IX and provide equal opportunities to men and women. More than 75% said it would be much more difficult. 19% said somewhat more. One respondent said, what little revenue 95% of institutions realize through revenue sports goes towards supporting other sports. Paying those 5% of students will devastate the other teams that rely on that revenue to survive. That's not a wild statement. Most of the survey respondents came from schools outside the Power Five. Only 11 of the 99 ADs who participated in the survey were from the Power Five, the wealthiest and most powerful, obviously. ACC, Big 12, Pac-12, Big 10 and SEC. Nearly 69% of the respondents came from the 22 conferences that do not play FBS football. Dozens of schools have athletic departments that bring in revenue surpassing $100 million, but the NCAA says only about 25 in 2019 actually made a profit. Football is the most common revenue-generating sport along with men's basketball. For schools in the wealthiest conferences, such as the Big Ten and the SEC, media rights contracts with television networks bring in hundreds of millions of dollars each year, with football as the centerpiece of those deals. Pat Kraft is the AD at Boston College, so here is one of those Power 5 ADs. I'm funding 31 sports here. I'm trying not only to get the best experience for our football players, but for our swimmers, and sailors and skiers. We're all in this together. So football ticket revenue helps fund that. The College Athlete Bill of Rights introduced by Senators Cory Booker of New Jersey and Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut is one of six related to college sports in the legislative pipeline on Capitol Hill. It is, only, it is the only one that is pushing for revenue sharing which seems like a radical idea unlike, unlikely to survive compromises. But allowing schools to pay college athletes a stipend of a few thousand dollars per semester to cover the full cost of attendance was once a non-starter for the NCAA. Now it's routinely part of an athletic scholarship. Permitting college athletes to earn money off their name, image, and likeness once seemed like a radical idea, but soon it'll be a reality. Plenty of people outside college sports don't see anything radical about the athletes at the center of the multi-billion dollar business sharing in the revenue that generates the business. College sports revenues have exploded exponentially in the last 15 years, but none of that money has actually gone to the players, said Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut. Murphy is a big sports fan, by the way. To act like the sky will fall if athletes receive a fair share of money their labor produces is downright disingenuous and fails to acknowledge the major civil rights inequities inherent in the industry. 
But again, you don't, uh, Senator Murphy takes the low-hanging fruit approach. Show some depth, Senator. Ask the right questions. Don't just score political points. Be a leader. Go through everything the athlete receives. Add up the total. Find out in the real market what they get and how much it is actually worth. From the scholarship to the training, everything I laid out in the previous half hour. Okay? He's a big sports fan. You should see the thousands that are laid out. I mean, thousands and thousands laid out for meals. You should see meals on the road. And how much money that costs. Athlete doesn't have to pay for the hotel room. Athlete doesn't have to pay for the meal. Athlete doesn't have to pay for the transportation. None of that. Now, on the pro level, you don't either. But Although on the pro level, you have to pay for your own meals. I mean, it's not a team meal and... For some schools with smaller budgets, the prospect of being forced to share revenue doesn't register as quite so alarming. I think we've always adapted to whatever the rules are presented. We make changes, Central Arkansas Athletic Director Brad Teague said. We will make it work. But what is the income at the end of the day? At our level, we have no income. There is nothing to share. Much of the spending at all levels goes into coaching salaries. Skyrocketing salaries at the top college sports with football assistants at Power 5 schools commonly making seven-figure paychecks have raised the market for coaches at all levels and even in all sports. Teague was among the nearly 29% of athletic directors who said that they would strongly favor a law that would allow schools to cap the salaries of coaches and staff. Another 40% said that they would somewhat favor a legal way to cap salaries. To get around antitrust laws would take an act of Congress. The NCAA is already looking for help from federal lawmakers to set national standards for name, image, and likeness compensation for college athletes. Most of the bills put forth so far have limited, been limited to name, image, and likeness, but the College Athlete Bill of Rights was a reminder that once Congress gets involved, it can be difficult to put limits on how much. A survey question asked ADs about what entities should be responsible for regulating college sports. 90% said the NCAA should have a lot of responsibility. 74% said the conferences should have a lot of responsibility. As for Congress, 36% said it should have a little responsibility regulating college sports. 55% said Congress should have no responsibility for regulating college sports. National bill on name, image, and likeness is good for this reason. I'm not normally big on national whatever, but in this case I am. You can't have it where California has this rule and Pennsylvania has this rule because it could put together a recruiting advantage for one state over the other. That's the only reason why I bring that up.
And again, I am all for name, image, and likeness. In fact, I even take it a step further. I think that athletic departments should get involved in helping to promote name, image, and likeness, helping to set up a deal here or there, being like a um, a central pool for the athletes to go to to help guide them through this instead of having outside entities do it. That's just me. I just think it would be better for the athlete, and I think they'd be more trust if they did. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us on the show today. Uh, do you have a Yankee score? The Yankees still. Uh, it is still 2 2, heading to the bottom of the ninth. Wow. Maybe Gary Sanchez will hit this inning. <laughs> That's what I just saw on Twitter that he's going to hit a walk off homer. And you know he's what? You I'd be have. okay with that. He's all you have. <laughs> 2 nothing Phillies, by the way, in the. Uh, fourth inning against the Braves. Pirates still up 3-2 in the top of the fifth. All right, we will come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right. Uh, Doug Birdsong sent me a nice uh, piece on Roy Williams, he said, when Bucknell played in North Carolina, the student managers of Bucknell were really impressed that Roy Williams took the time to shake their hands in the pregame. So, I mean, that's the way he was. And he is. That's it's who he is. And uh, yeah, we, we mentioned that, the, you know, the problems. It's not like it's been a complete free ride uh, form along the way. The Yankees, by the way, because of Sanchez, are still tied. No, no Sanchez, the game's over right now. Um, sad correct. some don't some people do not recognize talent just agendas and, right. and um, I know the way Roy Williams means to that program and to college basketball but I think he picked a convenient time to retire that's just me well, he, well he's 70 years old I mean you're he's not retiring at 50 true but he's not winning <laughs> you saw all the winding he did this year with his team I understand, but he's seventy years old. He's done that. He's been a head coach for thirty-three years. I know. I mean, he's not retiring at fifty because this is getting hard. He's retiring at seventy, saying I'm seventy years old. I mean, I, I get it, and he's built this program up once before. That's how he got to where he was. I, I get that, but I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm just saying that. For whatever reason, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way, just a little bit. Yeah, but you you have people asking asking Nick Saban, you're 69 now, you know, have you thought about retirement? This guy's 70. Wait, you don't ask him the same question? That's fair. All right, we've got some uh, football scheduling news to pass along to you. Uh, and I'll explain why it's being done the way it's being done. It actually will go back to what we've done in the in the last hour of the show. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf Online at sunburymotors.com. 
here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, your home for Shikolami football and basketball, which of course means the home for you know who. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Key, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Along with a full lot of pre-owned inventory that's Backed by the Sunbury Motors Guarantee, a sales staff that, hey, you, you can get deals right now, and they're ready to deal. Your budget means everything to you, and guess what? Sunbury Motors has so many repeat customers that obviously the budget means something to them as well. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street and Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. All right, Penn State football announcing some schedule additions today. Uh, now, name-wise, it won't be earth-shattering, but we'll talk about that in a moment. Kent State is going to now be on the 2024 schedule. And some of this is going to sound very familiar to you. Kent State was supposed to play Penn State this year at Beaver Stadium. So they have rescheduled the game. And the game has been rescheduled for... 2024 in Beaver Stadium. They were supposed to play San Jose State this year. San Jose State will now be played, rescheduled, on September 19, 2026. And also in 2026, Penn State will add Marshall, where Doug Birdsong will be the honorary captain for the game that day. You, sir, are my hero! With, by the way, former Nittany Lion assistant Charles Huff is currently the head coach at Marshall. So, on the schedules, now I'm going to explain this in a moment. Say, well, come on, it's only Kent State, it's San Jose State, it's Marshall. I'll explain it in a moment. So, this season you've got at Wisconsin, Ball State, Auburn, Villanova, Indiana, at Iowa, Illinois, at Ohio State, at Maryland, Michigan, Rutgers, at Michigan State. 22, Penn State opens at Purdue. Then they have Ohio University at home, then at Auburn, Central Michigan, then Ohio State at Michigan, Illinois, Michigan State at Indiana, Maryland, Minnesota at Rutgers. 2023, they open with West Virginia, then it's Delaware, then at Illinois, at Northwestern, Indiana, at Michigan State, at Ohio State, Iowa, Michigan, UMass, Rutgers at Maryland. In 24 now, it is at West Virginia, Bowling Green, at Rutgers, Kent State, Maryland, Illinois at Wisconsin, Nebraska, Ohio State at Michigan, at Indiana, then Michigan State to close out. In 25, there's still one more non-conference game to be scheduled. It's on September 6th. Right now, it's Nevada in 25 to open, then an open week, which is going to be filled. 
then Villanova, then Rutgers at Illinois, Purdue at Maryland, at Minnesota, Indiana, at Ohio State, Michigan, and at Michigan State. The Big Ten schedules only go through 2025 right now. So the 26th schedule has Marshall at home at Temple and then San Jose State at home. So let's explain this for a moment. I always get these complaints when I go out to speak, and it's all done for the reasons we just talked about in the previous hour. You play Ball State, Villanova, to go with an Auburn in this particular year. Now, why are they just, why are they playing Ball State? Why are they playing Villanova? I want to see somebody. I understand what you want to see. I get it completely. But realistically, Penn State needs seven home games a year to fund, help fund in the funding of everything else. You can't go around and backslap your buddies and tell you how awesome the wrestling program is. And you can't run around and backslap your buddies about how great, awesome the women's volleyball program is. Or the women's soccer team winning its umpteenth, I think it's what, their 20th Big Ten championship? 20th Big Ten championship they just won? Can't slap, slap your buddies in the back about that one. It, they need money. And these are set up in such a way where you pay guarantees and everything else you keep, the parking you keep, the ticket revenue you keep, everything. You just pay out the guarantee in a one fell swoop. And that's why you play Ball State, Villanova. That's why you play Ohio University, Central Michigan. That's why you play Delaware and UMass. That's why you play Bowling Green and Kent State. That's why you play Nevada in Villanova. That's why you play Marshall and San Jose State. You're doing that, again, you're using your football vehicle to help pay for everything else. That's just a reality. And you need seven home games to do that at Penn State. It's part of the formula. Part of the formula is having seven home games. And if you do a home and away with an Auburn, I think like something with Auburn, for example. It is Auburn. Virginia Tech is still on there. Uh, West Virginia is a home and away. And then the home and away through 27 is Temple. So you got one home and away, and each one, everything else is a home game. But the whole point of it is funding. You make decisions in football that, in part, benefits your swimming program. You make decisions in football in part to benefit your field hockey program. It's just, again, there is such a poor job done on the NCAA level of explaining where the money goes. And I know fans want to see Penn State play Auburn. They want to see them play Texas. They want to see them play Notre Dame. They want to see them play USC. Believe me, I hear you loud and clear. But in today's athletic world, it's not realistic to take that. You you can't play a home and away with... You can play one home and away. You can't play a second home and away. 
Because if you play a second home and away, then you're going to have a season with six home games. And now somebody is going to, there's going to be a shortfall somewhere. Unfortunately, that's the economics of it. So you pick one marquee home and away, Auburn. And I believe the way it works is, um, now I'm not saying this is the contract they have, but I'll give you an idea of I know how it's worked in the past. Look, we pay your expenses, your flight, your hotels, things like that to come up here, boom, and we keep everything else. When we go down there, we get the same deal. Then with other these other schools, for example, they get they get a guaranteed number. Nothing else. Here's your check, your guaranteed number. Everything else, quote, we keep. And the idea is to again roll it into the athletic department. It's not, hey, it, it's you have seven hundred two other student athletes on this campus here that need that football money for their sport to stay at the level they're at. The men's basketball doesn't need it. They have their own money. And a surplus that allows them to also kick back into the university, into the athletic department's funding. So while not glamorous, while not glamorous, that's the reality of it. There's a lot of financial realities here that we have talked about today. And part of what we are supposed to do on this show, in my opinion, I've always felt this as an obligation, is that when we have the opportunity to educate what's going on, we want to take that opportunity. That way, when the show's over, you have a better idea as to why and why not something is happening. Again, I completely understand why somebody would complain. Oh, it's Kent State, it's Marshall, it's San Jose State. Really? That's what it is? Uh, Nothing to get excited about there. And I hear you loud and clear. But there is a reason behind it. And the reason behind it, believe it or not, is for the greater good. Men's basketball, to a point, hockey does, but men, men's ice hockey. But men's basketball and football are the only ones that are financially in the black, which, of course, rolls back into not only their sports, but also rolls into the other sports. And putting a second home and away on there means you're going to have years with six home games and less money to fund other sports. The number of people like, hey, play Pitt every year. You'd have to, that, now you can't play Auburn. Can't do it. Can't play Virginia Tech. Can't do it. Can't play West Virginia. Can't do it. Like, yes, you can. Economically, you can't. 
you need seven home games. Scheduling another home and away takes that option away. And programs across the board then end up looking around saying, uh, so we have less money to operate with? And that's just the economics of it. It's just the economics of it. And I know for the fans are saying, come on, I want to see. And I got it. I got it. I understand that. And believe me, you, know, you don't think over the years that uh, Auburn's coming in here this year, you don't think as a broadcaster, I can't wait to do that? You don't think I can't wait to go down to the Plains and do a game at Jordan-Hare Stadium? It was great to go to Tuscaloosa. I mean, so I'm, you know, I understand completely, but I also understand the big picture. When you have 31 sports, the big picture is, again, everything you do is geared. You want to be as competitive as, as possible in football, no doubt. You want to be as competitive as possible in men's basketball, no doubt, because you need the the excess money to then take care of the other 29. And it's just a financial reality. So one thing I never had an opportunity to talk to Micah Shrewsbury about, you know, what's the basketball philosophy going to be on scheduling? Is it going to be a lot like Purdue's? Is it going to be more regional? It's one thing with the pandemic. The pandemic forced regionalized thinking on non-conference. And to be honest with you, the, the pandemic should have... This is where I, I looked, at, looked at the Big Ten, and that's why Dick Girardi and I didn't get it. I don't understand why there wasn't more regional thought when it came to scheduling in basketball this year. Yeah, there was no game at Rutgers. Michigan State didn't have to come here. Indiana didn't have to come here. Instead, Penn State had to go to Nebraska. Penn State had to go to Wisconsin. Penn State had to go to Iowa. You would think that in this particular year, you would have regionalized the schedule more. My goodness, softball, Penn State softball just went to Nebraska. I thought you would regionalize the travel a little bit more, but they didn't do that. Not just to save money, but kind of keep everybody in the neighborhood as much as possible. It's a big neighborhood, obviously. But it's one thing I've I've not had a chance to ask Micah Shrewsbury about. What is his scheduling philosophy? Because he's got to put together a schedule including a tournament and things like that. So what's he thinking about? How does he want to go about doing that? He's got a lot of things on his plate, but believe it or not, although that's why you have like a Nick Colella and a Taylor Battle. They're there on staff. They can help you with that part because they're already there. All right, we'll come back more in a moment. Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applications factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Yesterday, uh, Michelle's poor dog, which has gone through so much, witnessed the suit dancing to this. Uh, poor animal. It's gone through a lot and to have witnessed that. No God! No God! No Facts are facts. As I said yesterday, hasn't the dog suffered enough? <laughs> I think it didn't, it, didn't the dog go through another treatment today? Well, that I don't know. Yeah. Beautiful dog, by the way. Michelle's dog's beautiful. Oh, yeah. We love bowlers. Yeah. So. And was in the uh, was in Kevin's office the other day when he was on the phone, and the, the word... Uh, the word hostage came to mind. All right, so um, <laughs> looking at Michelle, get me out of here. Get me out of here. <laughs> uh, I got to get out. <laughs> you can see the look on his face. I don't go anywhere. Tomorrow, Brandon Gowd's going to join us on the show. We just finished uh, on Westwood One calling the NCAA tournament. Final Four is set down. The women's Final Four is tomorrow night in uh, San Antonio. Uh, opening game is Stanford, South Carolina, two ones. Second game is Arizona against UConn. It all starts at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. The men's Final Four will be on... Saturday, the first game, despite what Matt thinks, is at five fourteen. <laughs> hey, I'm okay with that. I'd rather the earlier starts. Toronto has just beaten the Yankees on opening day. Yes, three two the final. Outside of the incredible Gary Sanchez, the Yankees offense did nothing. That is absolutely right, including the one man, Aaron Judge. The man often criticized, ripped on this show, was the only one that gave the Yankees a chance to. Yeah. Pirates lead the Cubs 4-2, top of the sixth inning. Phillies still with a 2-0 lead at the end of five over the Braves. Dodgers and Colorado scoreless in the top of the third. 
Detroit beat Cleveland in a snowstorm, 3-2 in Detroit. There's a shock. Red Sox and Orioles postponed because of rain. Nationals-Mets postponed today and tomorrow because of the COVID and contact tracing with the Nationals. So that, uh, that gets you up to date on everybody. And Roy Williams retired today. So there you go. And how about Chris Beard? He leaves Texas Tech and he goes to Texas. He takes a head coaching job in the same conference. Really? (laughs) Okay. Cost him a couple mil, too. Well, okay, so here's the deal. Oklahoma won't let a quarterback transfer to TCU because it's within the conference. But it's okay for a coach to go from one team to the other in a conference. Really? Oklahoma won't let a quarterback go from Norman to Fort Worth to play in TCU because they're in the same conference. But it's okay in the same conference for Chris Beard at Texas Tech to now become the head coach at Texas in the same conference. Well, because he's See, paying this, four mil. Because this is the hypocrisy that these guys have. There it is. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Bowlers, we're, we're behind you, buddy. All the way. Keep getting better. We'll try to make sure that you don't have to sit in that office any longer. (laughs) Uh, Felt like a hostage.